Hey Well fans, Matt Reiner, That's Rich has moved to its own channel. Be sure to go check out That's Rich and subscribe today to keep up to date with all the new That's Rich podcasts. This is one of the best weeks of the year. And it's not because of uh, a three-day work week or anything of that nature. It's because the one day, Thursday of this week, is the one day of the year where nobody expects anything of you except for really eating and drinking and doing absolutely nothing. That's an amazing feeling in a world that continues to go, go, go and never seems to stop. Thanksgiving is the day we stop and do nothing. And then you follow that up with a weekend of college football. That's all called Rivalry Week. It makes it one of the best weeks of the year. And that's rich. You're listening to That's Rich. Welcome to another episode of That's Rich, where we try to make you rich in happiness, rich in knowledge, and maybe a nugget or two, a little money rich. I'm Matt Reiner, CEO and co-founder of Wella here as always with CEO and co-founder of Pinnacle Shows, Evan Shoda, and our associate product manager, Morgan Meyer. What's going on, Morgan? Good. How are you doing? Doing great. Doing great. How are you doing, Evan? Good, man. I like that intro. Let's uh, let's celebrate glutton. I like that. Glutton. It's a little glutton in our action. Easily the most fun of the seven deadly sins. Yeah. You know. Uh, so some of the some of the comments that are coming through on the Facebook Live. The people that don't like this week uh, in rivalry week are the people that teams their teams are just out of it. I agree. Right. Right. Obviously, they're like, oh, I, don't, <laughs> I hate college football. Like it's the worst. And take a nap. Yeah. I mean, they they just uh, they always think that well, my team's out of it, so I might as well not even pay attention to it let's, anymore. Let's back up though. Let's not skip over Thanksgiving. How do you feel about Thanksgiving? Do you love it? I love. I, I'm the, I'm a huge fan of Thanksgiving. Really? I absolutely love it. Hillary does not like it that much, mainly because she doesn't like turkey, um, which I don't. It's understand. not about the turkey. That's it's what about I'm the sides. saying. That's what I'm saying. It's not about the turkey. It's not about the sides. It's. I just love that you know that you just sit there and do nothing. There's college football on. You drink. You're getting no phone calls. You're getting no emails. You're getting no text messages because all you're supposed to do is just hang out with friends and family, drink, eat, and it's amazing. It's like. I just love the day because it's it's so simple. It's a simple, simple day. Yeah, no, I like it too. It's uh, it should be fun, but uh, it's funny how sometimes things change for Thanksgiving. Like my mom's having all of us over, um, obviously for dinner, but she's she's texting me trying to work out the plan. She's like, "How about we eat at three I'm like, "Just because it's a holiday doesn't mean I want to eat at three thirty. What's going on here? <laughs> right? Like that. Talk about the three thirty the three thirty launch time for eating. I mean, what do you do? Do you eat breakfast at eleven? Like you don't know when to eat breakfast. You can't really eat lunch, and then you're not going to eat dinner really. Well, you got to work. So it's get, like a really, it's a middle time. You've got to get a meal in to get the stomach working and start start stretching a little bit. Because if you go if you if you go completely no food, I mean, God forbid you have a beer, then you're hammer time. Yeah. But yeah. Not, not only that, but if you just ambush your stomach with that much food, talk about pain. But is that is that is that one beer Public, going hammer time? Is that no food for you? Or is that that's just yeah, all no the time food, for you? Right. That's all the time for you. Public service announcement for everybody out there. This year, I want you to take this tip. Brent knows what I'm talking about. Go pre-tums with pre-tums. The, for the food. Yeah, wow. Get those tums. Pop a few in there before you start eating. You'll thank me because you know what's going to happen. You'll fall asleep to football if you didn't tums. You know what's going to wake you up? That acid indigestion. Yeah. Pre yeah. tums it. Stay asleep. But I mean, do you really eat? Like, I mean, do you eat that much more on Thanksgiving? I just don't find myself eating that much more than I normally eat. You are the anomaly then. Really? I mean, I, I don't understand why. I mean, I like the food, but I'm just like, I, I'm more about the sitting and drinking. I'm more of on the drinking side. I like the drinking side. We should do Thanksgiving together. It sounds like fun. Yeah, it's just a Thursday Thursday drink day. I like that. Yeah. 
Um, well, good. So you guys are staying in town. How's, how's Chloe feeling? I know she's a little bit under the weather. She's good. She's looking forward to for her first Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yeah. She's got, so she, what does she have? You were telling me about it earlier. She's got the fifth sense or something, the sixth sense. Yeah, she's like got that. a little sickness going on, but she'll get over it here pretty quick. Hopefully. You don't You don't want to talk about it? No, I, if she's listening, I don't want to embarrass her. Dad. Yeah. Well, I mean, th- this would be, we might as well embarrass her first, I mean, on the podcast. You got to do it. I mean, you got to do it soon. We'll, later. We'll, bring her, to the, her we'll bring her into the studio. I don't want to bash her when she's not here. All right. You don't want to talk behind her back. Uh-uh. Um, all right. And Morgan, you're heading up to Ohio, right? Yeah. You're heading up Best to the week cold. Best in Ohio, yep. Oof. Yeah, because Michigan, Ohio State in uh, Columbus? No, no, it's in Michigan. It's in Michigan. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. Well, Michigan, you, you're okay because Michigan can't score if they're life dependent on I'm it. I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah, but they're pretty like terrible. Like you said, it's rivalry week. You never know who's out. Hey, are you worried about Wisconsin? No. Really? Wow. Wow. Hey, so Evan, I got a question. If yeah. Auburn if Auburn loses against Alabama or they win against Alabama and then lose against Georgia in the SEC Championship and don't go to the playoffs, but then Ohio State goes to the playoffs, mm-hmm. are you gonna, you're a big Ohio State fan from that time Cross that bridge when I get to it. Well, man. no, I, I want to know now. Are you going to be oh. a Ohio State fan? So are you rooting for Ohio State right now? I root for Auburn and Ohio State. Auburn first. That's my default. It's my number one. Okay, what about Oklahoma? Are you a big Oklahoma fan yet with Baker and all them, what he's doing over there? <laughs> no, I mean, he's but pretty, he's we pretty should incredible. talk about that guy. Yeah, that dude. That's talk. Mm, that's a tear. That, that that's got to be so gut wrenching for him. First off, like he did something terrible and he deserves to be punished. But like this punishment, as simple as it seems, just being an athlete. I mean, I wasn't really an athlete. I was a water boy. But being around athletes like I was, uh, that that hurts. That yeah. hurts. To not be able to but start the your reason scene, that he got that's why pun- he came back kind of the reason he got punished for his obscene gesture out of spite is what makes that guy go though that's him that's in a so nutshell. true I mean as much as I dislike him he's a competitor that's what he, he is it just happened in the midst of competition but I mean you I mean to think about what he did in the midst of competition yeah. is also like come on guys. but he he but we need a villain he's the perfect he's the villain new I love it new Johnny Manziel yeah, yeah but he's gonna get drafted by the Browns and then follow he's gonna suit. have a dad bod yeah. in two years yeah <laughs> yeah Johnny Manziel looks like shit yeah, what hey, was what that happened? happened with him what happened with him yeah um well yeah so big college football so you're up there through sunday it's gonna be cold is it snowing up there is it snowing i don't think it's snowing yet but when i packed this morning it was pretty difficult yeah fit all that cold weather gear in one columbus columbus is a good spot (laughs) uh gotta love columbus well that'll be fun that would be fun how do you what's your view on thanksgiving you know, I like Thanksgiving, but I'm a huge Christmas gal. You're so a Christmas gal. So my Christmas kind of overtakes my Thanksgiving. I know you're very against that. Why? Well, yeah, but yeah, the, why are you against that? No, I'm not against I that. You I, were against I, that. I like. <laughs> oh, I well, I mean, I don't celebrate Christmas. So, uh, well, I mean, yeah, but, but taking but, over. Yeah, taking over. I'm a big Thanksgiving guy, but Christmas because the problem I have with Christmas is all my friends. Like, I can't really. I mean, I do have a lot of Jewish friends, but all my friends are celebrating with their family, so it's like. I mean, I celebrate with my family, but they like all are already right. they're already doing things. And, the problem you have so is Christmas. I FOMO. I FOMO. The problem, I FOMO. The problem you have with Christmas is that Jesus was just a man to you. That's your problem with Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> We're not getting into this. We're not getting into this. Um, so yeah, that's that's the challenge. But so your Christmas, why Christmas over Thanksgiving? And, I don't. I don't know. I love buying gifts. I love decorating. So like, I'm already fully decorated. Well, let yeah. me throw this out though. If you love Christmas that much, just look at Thanksgiving as like a warm up or a precursor. Yeah. Like, yeah. you don't have the to pre-party. separate it. Just kind of lump it in there, and then you'll enjoy the entire season. That's so true. Yeah, and I and I'm a big fan of pumpkin pie, so I can't wait to have some pumpkin Who pie. Who doesn't? Mm. It's mm. the best. Throw so some, good. Cover it in whipped cream. Cover it in whipped cream. It's so good. It's so so good. Um. All right. Well, let's see what we got on the rundown here, Morgan. We'll let you take it over. All right. 
All right, let's get started. So this week, there was an article in the New York Times about the future of fraternities and sororities. So obviously, we know it seems like every other week we hear about another school investigating hazing. Uh, My own alma mater, actually, Ohio State, suspended all 37 fraternities this week after investigating 11 of them for hazing activities. So I hear we have a former Greek life and a former not-so-Greek life here. Uh, So I'm interested to hear what you guys think about the future. I'll let you lead this one off. This is a tough one for me. It is a this tough is a, one. This is because it's never fun to debate uh, a topic where deaths of young people are involved. And, like, whether so it's war, so like, that's pref- war, that's war as well, and everything of that nature. So let's preface it. Like you, you were a part of the Greek life. You can appreciate it. it. It had a lot of benefits to you. I was not. I didn't see those benefits. Quite frankly, I didn't need those benefits. I mean. I, I'm you're gonna, greater than I'm short. You're tall. You're strong. I'm weak. You're smart. I'm dumb. But the thing of it is, I, I mean, I hate to be cliche and argue against it because I wasn't involved in it. And neither one of us, we understand the gravity of this situation. There are young people that are dying during these hazing incidents. Specifically, they were mentioned at uh, Penn State and LSU. Both those are pretty noteworthy in, in the news. Um, like at Penn State, the kid that was being hazed, he had 18 drinks in 90 minutes. And the LSU guy had a, a BAC of, I think, 4.49, which is six times legal limit, and it's like two times blackout. Right, right? so like, we, both, not, we both understand the seriousness of this situation, for sure, 100%. The question is, are the fraternities, are they solely responsible for this? Does there need to be something down to crack down? Should we get rid of them altogether? So it's kind of a gray area right now. Um, I, I mean... Yeah, I mean, I think that – so here's the challenge. Like, I, 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 the, the kind of put out – you know, I'm going to put a different perspective on it, right? And uh, But to uh, to make it known that I'm not for, you know, putting people in harm's way, right? right? So I'm, it's not like – We're both I'm not, in agreement there. I'm not arguing that it's okay that people are dying. We just want right? to find out does Greek life lead to this and if we stop Greek life with, so, with so that. So the only challenge that, that I have is that is, is, is Greek life there – this gets back to – um, what is highlighted of Greek life, right? Is is the bad of Greek life tends to be highlighted more because it is the worst aspect of it, right? That's right. the problem with it. That's the problem with media and everything of that nature because you have over 380,000 undergraduates that are involved in Greek life across the United States. And, and, and a lot of these Greek organizations are doing it the right way and creating bonding and lifelong stories and lifelong partnerships and lifelong lessons that are valuable and make an impact on people's lives. So I'm a Greek life. My brother was Greek life. My dad was Greek life. And it all impacted how we are as individual people. Mm-hmm. And and it's not because, uh, you know, it, it's because of the bonding that goes on, the ability of how to create, quote unquote, brotherhood, which is cheesy to someone that's outside of the, of the fraternity life. It, 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 it's networking, but it's also, it's a deeper relationship than networking. Networking, you go to an event, you go to breakfast with someone like this, you go through some events that are very tough that keep you bonded because you went through those and you're getting people that come from all different aspects of life and and it's so so it's it, we have to find that medium ground that middle ground um, and I don't necessarily know what it is Arizona State where I'm an all, that's my alma mater you know they got rid of basically all their Greek life they took all their houses away and put them into high rise condominiums where each person gets a level uh, which limits the amount of hazing and and, and it sh- and allows the university to watch over them a little bit more um, but then that also takes like the downside of that is that it takes away from some of those quote unquote bonding moments that made me very close to the people that I was a part of so that's that's a tough thing I don't know uh, what the solution is 
um, the conversation is good conversation because we probably we need to figure out what has to be done. But I don't think that eliminating Greek life is the answer, and I don't think that eliminating or putting Greek life underneath the university is the answer either. But clearly, they can't govern themselves. I mean, we're talking about the loss of life here. But, but you say you say that I you say that there's there's certain ones there's bad seeds right so then you're arguing as well then this gets into the whole idea of gun gun control right right so you have the people that have own guns that know that use them and and have them for safety and they they are they are responsible with them then you have people that are not responsible with about with them and so then what do you do do you you take them all away. And then now you have big government as well. And now the government basically runs us. And, and the same thing with Greek life. You have a ton of Greek life organizations that do it the right way. And so now you're going to say, hey, you all are screwed over because of two or three bad seeds. And, I, it, and, I, and, and, and that, that, that's the tough part, I think. It is tough, absolutely. But maybe I can provide a little clarity here. With your pro-con? I made a pro versus cons list for, the, for Greek life. If you, you want to hear it? Uh, yeah, I guess I'll hear it. All right. All right. I'll just run through a few of them for you guys. Um, okay. The pros of Greek life. Pro, you get to live in a house that has had roughly 41,000 other guys pass through it. Con, you get to live in a house that has roughly 41,000 other guys pass through it. Thoughts? Uh, I actually like the house Disgusting. Life. I like so the house gross. life. So gross. Pro, you get to pay for a membership to a club providing exclusive access to a disgusting house. Con. You get to pay for a membership to a club providing exclusive access to a disgusting house. Uh, Thoughts? A lot of people wanted to get in that house during, right, one during more, certain one times more. of those club parties. They wanted to get in the house. They weren't in it. That was rhetorical. One so. more. Pro, you get to wear the southern frat uniform of short khaki shorts, performance fishing gear shirts, and Costa Del Mar sunglasses strapped around your neck with croquis. Con, you look like a douche. That's only in the south. If you came out to that is true. I, I agree with that. That yeah. is true. It's I not agree. up north. It's yeah. not in the Big Ten. It's, it's not in the Pac-12. Yeah, you don't see that out west for sure. Thing. Not even close. I agree um, with that. But we've got to do something about that. Right? I agree. That, that's just because Auburn's a little douchey, and you know that's just that because of where you went to school. Okay. Well, something's got to be done about that. How was the situation. How was the Greek life at Kansas Kansas State? I have no idea. Non-existent. Non-existent. Uh-uh. No. So they don't wear that either. So it's a cool life there. Were you part of any organization? How do you think that Greek? Let me just ask this question before I've, we go off uh, off to the next thing, Morgan. How how do you think Greek lives relate to sports? Uh, how sports teams? You know, we play baseball together. How do you think is sports not just like a glorified grouping? I mean, everybody on the outside of our baseball team were like, "Look at those douchey people," uh, and they because they wanted to be involved. And then when us from the inside were like. They all just want to be us. And so how is it different than Greek life? So you're saying is is being involved in a sports team its own form of a fraternity? Yeah. No, I mean, I guess it is. Because I, I'm not – I can't argue with you there. That's a that's a, a logical point of view. Well, because you look at it, there's football teams, right, well, that we're have talking about parties. The, we're talking about the hazing aspect of it. Yeah, but look at the football teams in high school and stuff where there's been people that have died because – the seniors are hazing the freshmen and how they deal with the freshmen and all that type of well, stuff. Well, I have no problem saying we need to take a closer look at those also. But So know. do you just ban them all together? I mean, that's what we're, people are saying for Greek life. Big government. Big government. <laughs> I, I don't have the uh, an answer. I wish I did. Yeah. I'm, so, I mean, I, I think that you know, or, organized sports is very similar to Greek life because it creates this, like, you go through certain things that bond you together that we always talk about. Like, when we're all together – with our friends like right. we have those stories and that's a bonding that's tough that's the same thing that you have that you sometimes don't have 
when you're not part of that in, in another an organization. But I, I think that it, I, don't, I just don't know how it would be possible to keep the Greek life, keep a fraternity, and do away with hazing. How can you monitor that? I, that's why I'm, I don't know. You can't. I, 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 they seem I, to go hand in hand. I just don't understand how you could do that. But I think that hazing happens in, in, in sports organizations as well. I, I mean, I think it definitely happens in, in, in high school football and duck high school taping, baseball and stuff like that. Duct taping people to the goalpost. <laughs> it's not good for them. If it's cold out, yeah, right. it could be really, really bad for them. Um, or if it's really, really hot out. Um, so anyhow, I, I, this is a really this this is a deep conversation that. Um, but it's so serious. I tried to you know provide a, a little sense of humor in there with the pros and cons. I see both sides of it. I really do. I see the value there. Right. Even though I wasn't a part of it, I understand it completely. And I and 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 you know I. I see the difficulty in this challenge, right? Because I, I, I think that there needs to be something done, but I just don't know what needs to be done. And I think this is what happens in um, in all of uh, in all of government is that the pendulum swings from like deregulation to highly regulated to try to find this equilibrium, and it's really hard to find equilibrium. But, but people think it's really this easy. is how we are because we're so reactionary. We, we we wait till something you know of this magnitude happens, and then we get super drastic and. I mean, that's how we are. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right. But it's hard to be preemptive because then you don't want to overextend your reach and then you're too controlling. I mean, you got to let people live. It's tough. It, it, it's basically it, we have no answers. Well, it gets back. It gets say. back. It gets back to the idea of like people is um, how do you get people to just do more of the right thing and not be idiots? Right. Like this is just this is just acts of like that think they're funny and, and it, like it just turns out bad because you're not doing the right thing. Like if you did right. the right thing, hazing can be effective if it's done the right way. Like where you're not making someone drink a pint of things of whatever. And more, Marissa doesn't believe me, uh, but I've been a part of it done the right way and it is can be done the right way. Well, when something like this happens, we want to blame somebody. So, you know, everybody's looking for somebody to point the finger at. So now it's the parents' fault. Do the right thing. Yeah. That means they got to be raised better. Right. And then it could, and then you continue to push it down the line. Right. I agree. Um, so I don't know. That's that is we have no no answer. Didn't provide any answers there whatsoever. But maybe we provided discussion. So if you have comments on it, uh, don't forget that you can text us. Uh, let me find that number real quick so you can text us seven seven zero two eight eight five three two four. Text us your thoughts on fraternity sorority Greek life. What are the answers? And then we'll be sure to talk about it next time because I think this can be is going to be a topic that we're going to continue to talk about for a really long time. So. All right, the more you know, we're going to give you some information that you may not have known, but now you will know. All right, I'm going to do this one. Uh, you saw here in Atlanta uh, the Georgia Dome? I did. Do you know a lot about the Georgia Dome? Everything there is to know. Yeah, when was it built? 1993. Ooh, no, open 1992. But nice try, <laughs> nice try. That is interesting, though. Is that not interesting to you, that 1992, that's less, that's 25 years <laughs> and it started it's gone. construction in 91, right? I don't know if they built it in a year. No. You think they built that thing in a year? Yeah. A year? A year? 12 months? Just a hunk of concrete. So 1992, it opened up. It was built for $214 million, a little over $316 million in 2016 dollars. You know how much Mercedes-Benz cost to build? A couple, a bill, just over a billion, right? $1.6 billion. So it was a little, just eight times. Eight times the dome, and I thought that would be. I thought it was interesting to look at what's gone through that dome. So we've had two Super Bowls, 
Cowboys and Rams both won a Super Bowl there. Three men's Final Fours, one women's Final Four. And then we also had basketball, gymnastics, and handball during the Olympics in the Georgia Dome. Mm. That place had a lot of memories in 25 years. Right, but I, I fear that the curse has passed on to Mercedes-Benz Stadium. During the demolition, the wind was blowing and the dust. That building was crumbled. The, the dome was crumbled, but that dust, like wafted right over and coated the whole new stadium. I think that was the curse moving on. Yeah, but I, I think it's okay because I, the, the roof was closed, so it didn't get inside the stadium. So what happens on the inside is what matters. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. For sure. The yeah, Falcons so, won last night, right? Yeah, they won. So maybe you're right. But they didn't play at Mercedes-Benz. They played. Yeah, I know. And they squeaked out one. They didn't give up a big lead like they had last time. Cool. So they had a big lead and they didn't give it up. Um, so anyhow, uh, let's see. What do we got? What do we got next? Let's move on. All right. Earlier this week, one of Leonardo da Vinci's paintings sold for a record-breaking $450 million. <laughs> so this leads us into a discussion about the value of art. How do you value something as subjective as art? You know what's funny about this? The, it sold for almost half a billion dollars. It's literally a, 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 a canvas, a piece of paper, if you will. I mean, normally if you pay for something, you know, that's a piece of paper. It's a contract with, you know, a, a huge company behind or something. You're literally paying for something that small and that tangible. For half a billion dollars, I just spit out my coffee and I wasn't even drinking any. That's a, a, <laughs> such an enormous amount of money. I, I, I guess the problem I have is I'm I'm like a one plus one equals two or something that I can like dive into and right. get the, the answers. I just don't even see where we get how you get an understanding of even putting a value on it, right? Like I, you can say how long it's been around or if the artist is dead or alive and you can say all that. But I have a really difficult time because like think about anything that you think of as an investment. Okay. What are you expecting of that investment? A return. A return. So maybe meaning that it goes up. And how are you value? How do you? How do those investments gain their value? Or just tell me some of the things that you deem as investments right now. Property. A house. A house. Okay. So there's a value in that because you know how much the cost of each part of it was, right? right? And then what else do you deem certain investment? I mean, there's monetary investments. Like what you do for a living. Maybe. Yeah. So yeah, yourself. So, but there's a monetary value of that. I guess that, that that's a tougher one because I don't know how you determine the price of someone. But there's other there's skill sets and stuff like that. But that becomes difficult. That doesn't help my argument. I was talking about. You I don't like personally. that argument. I don't like that I was argument. About you I don't personally. like that argument. Okay. That doesn't help my argument. Okay. But the we, problem I we have, know what the problem I have is. is, but the problem I have is that those investments, like if you get a stock investment or bond investment or you buy a house, you have an underlying cost or revenue or earnings that you can mold back to determine the fair value of that particular investment. With art, there is none. There is none. Yeah, you're creating a market by saying, hey, I'm going to bring all the demand and supply, but everything of that nature, but it becomes really tough. The value is in the, quote, eye of the beholder, which, you know, that means it's worth what somebody's willing to pay for it. Pause, time out. Fair. If you're listening to this and you've not seen the painting, I'll describe it for you. It is a woman with a thin beard uh, smoking an invisible cigarette and holding a crystal ball. Accurate? I mean, I haven't even seen it. Which in and of itself is easily worth a couple million. I mean, what do you – do you – do you I mean, are you a big art guy? Huge art guy. Are you? <laughs> no. I have – I mean, there is, there is no – I have no understanding. Like this. That's my we're, problem. We're, I have no understanding of it. And I think that's probably why I can't figure out how to value it. Whoa, right? whoa, whoa, Mar- whoa, let's back Mar- up. Marissa had, Marissa had an understanding of how art is valued because it's been it's been part of her family. But I, I have no idea I have, because I don't have a, an appreciation necessarily for art from that standpoint. I think right. that that's my problem because I look at a piece like a Leonardo da Vinci piece and then I look at 
uh, my nephew's uh, piece in kindergarten. I'm oh, like, boy. I'm like, they kind of look. I mean, they they look somewhat similar. <laughs> That's a perfect segue into my personal criteria for what <laughs> I what value is, in I'm art. I'm excited to hear this. My personal criteria is the artist dead. Huge value there, right? True. So you never buy you never pa- buy you never buy anything from an art sh- art. Show. I believe the phrase is posthumously correct. You can look that one up. That one's on the house. Number two, how many colors are used? Got to count the colors always. The higher that number, the higher the price tag, right? That's easy. That's just that's quantifying. That's something. value. There's value. Basic they, they had to buy a lot more paint. They number three. Number three. Maybe the most important one. Does it have a hidden image if you flip it upside down? But like, do you like the hidden image or do you like the one where you can put the, it? That was number three, four. That was number four. Oh, okay. Sorry. If you put on 3D glasses, does it change the look of it? But I'm not saying 3D glasses. I'm saying that if you get really close to it and you take five steps back, you, oh, see, you, an cross image, your eyes? you see an image come out. Like that's valuable. Like that's tough to do. Does, I can't. Does that it. happen? Yeah. Oh. Have you not? Have you seen those books? Whoa, whoa, whoa. You've never seen those books. Oh. It's so so, there's hey, wait a minute. Art is in the eye of the beholder. This is what we value. Right. The problem is so photography. I like photography because it's like that's a really cool picture. Like I can that's see it. That's deep. What a critic he is. <laughs> I like this picture. Why? Because it's cool. <laughs> but it's uh, art. It's very hard. Like we were looking for art for the house when we were moving in, and like Hillary was like, "Do you like this?" It was like on it, was, and I felt bad. We went to an art show, oh, like an art boy. gallery, and I was like, uh, and and so it was like this piece of canvas, like this like a uh, rough canvas, and it was just basically like four diagonals of paint with like blue dark blue light blue and a light and a medium blue so three colors worth almost nothing yeah and it, it cost a lot and so she was like do you like this like above our bed and i'm like i i i guess like Does i just don't inspire you i just don't have i and it's i i want i want that appreciation right but it's hard for me but like when i go to like an art show and i see someone take like a really awesome like picture that shows the whole skyline and, and the colors that they use in the night or the dark like I can understand that and a lot more and so I appreciate that a lot more I just can't get I can't get paintings I don't know why so I would never value I would just think about 450 million dollars writing that check 450 million dollars and you just walk home with this like two by four piece of art right is that I mean that hurts my head to think about I guess when you buy a stock certificate it's two by four it's like a it's a nine and a half by eleven piece of paper that you're buying so that kind of sucks I mean if somebody's willing to pay for that though then that's what it's worth it's that simple I really yeah, think it, it is it goes into the branding <clears throat> it does so that that's I guess the thing of it these artists have created these artists have created a brand for themselves that put a value on it just like Apple's created a brand for itself that it can allow for it can allow for its iPhone to be a thousand dollars i think earlier we were talking about we were trying to figure out well what what else is out there that you know because we're talking about do the materials used in the creation of it i think you start off with houses is that how you come up with a price tag well that's not necessarily true because there's like uh, for instance a woman's purse a high-end woman's purse there's only so much leather you can use on a a small purse but guess what there's a brand behind it that brand is what you're buying into leonardo da vinci is his own brand yeah i mean creating a brand is why we have a podcast that's what we're trying to do here yeah, I, I hear that. I hear that. I, I, I mean, I guess um, the the open market and the free market is what makes things so great. So I'm not arguing that that is happening within the art market where they have this open market. It's just that I think that um, we see art sell for a lot more than a lot of other things that I think are a lot more impactful and valuable investments around. I, that's all I'm saying, right? I mean, basically you're saying that app that uh, that 
piece of art is worth more than a lot of companies out there that are creating good for people. Forgive right? my that, language. Forgive my language, but all. But this then there's is, a lot of companies out there that are creating bad for people that are create that are valued for more than a lot of other things. So that can see where that argument goes. If you knew the person who bought this painting and you went to their house and they showed it to you, you can't be in awe of it that long, right? All this is is a dick measuring tool, right? Like this <laughs> yep, is this but, is how much money I have. This is my. This is the kind of income I can disposable income. But when you walk into that house, you would look at that painting and you would never know that he paid for or she paid four hundred fifty million dollars. They unless tell she told you, you. unless she told you. For but sure you know, you. you know, with like a, you know, with a Maserati, like you don't have to tell someone like, hey. But that's like, the point of owning this: how much you pay for it, and then they tell you, and that's that's the but, purpose to buy for buying this, right? If you're a so you, if you're do you think they just have like the number above the painting no, they lit tell up you. Like, and it's flashing like an open no, sign? No, 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 no. They tell you. They tell you. But if you're a if you're a private owner, do you not, ever tell anybody? Gallery? Do you ever tell anybody how much your pieces of art in your house were? Like, I, why? I, not I unless I mean, if you're buying them, I think that's the point. What's the point of it? I mean, it's a, it's a. It's because it's art. That's the point. The, I don't know, man. I can't figure that out. You saw the painting, right? Are you true? I did just, not see the painting. Huh? I did not look at it. What, I did what not are we look talking at about it. here? And you didn't even look at the painting? No, I didn't look at it. You didn't even look at the painting? No. What planet am I on right now? How, <laughs> why are we even having this discussion? Uh, because it's more of a value of art than it is about the painting itself. I don't okay, give well, a shit the, about that the one painting. painting. Is not that... I've seen other art pieces that have gone for hundreds of millions of dollars on a newspaper, but it's not. that's not the point that I'm trying to make. I'm saying what is the value of art itself, not of this one painting? That's Why do I need to see the painting to have that argument? We're going in circles now. Why? I agree with you. I mean, you can't quantify it. I think, too, like, I took art history in college. It was a requirement. And there's part of a movement. So I think these artists were part of a leader of a new art movement. It's like when a new Shake Shack opens and the lines are on the door. Definitely the same thing. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess I just don't get it. I'm not sophisticated. If we were smart, if we were smart, what's one certainty? We're all going to die. If we were smart, we'd all go home and start painting shit. (laughs) Leave it to our kids. Uh, And then thousands of years, it'd be worse. Who painted this? Evan Schroeder. Big deal. He's dead. I'll give you a thousand bucks for it. (laughs) He used to have this podcast called That's Rich, and he he talked about a lot of cool stuff. Right. All right. Move on. Uh, Asking for a friend, though. First, I don't have an asking for a friend. I've got a good one. You're asking for someone. Uh, for someone else, right? Yeah, I'm asking for a friend. My friend, so the new iPhone recently came out, right? Mm-hmm. I my friend doesn't have the newest iPhone. He doesn't have the iPhone X. But since it came out, his iPhone has been on the fritz. Yes. Is yes, it, is yes, it, yes. This cannot be a coincidence. Oh, it's not. It's they no, got every a, person I know. Okay, but my this is a weird if issue. Tell me if you ever heard of this, and and I want to hear what your issue is too. Whenever I connect to the Bluetooth, whether it's to my car Mm -hmm. or my Beats headphones, it will shut that device down. So both my Beats and my car, like the whole console in my car will just go black and then it'll reboot itself. And the Beats by Dre will do the exact same thing. That is not good. And those, that's that's too much of a coincidence for Mm -hmm. it to be separate issues. Like that's the one, the one connectivity here is my phone. Like my, this damn iPhone, I swear to God, there's something there, right? Oh, I think for sure. Yeah. I mean, my phone, as you can see, rough condition, so maybe it's not Apple's fault. Yeah. But um, it seems to be happening to everyone after you. And we're not even mentioning the eye problem with the A in the box and the question mark that happened a few weeks ago. Oh, yeah. That was, yeah. This they just, fixed that though. This can't right, but this can't be a coincidence. No, There's I don't no think way. it is at all. There's absolutely no way. Definitely not. You know, my niece wants a new one for Christmas. She's 12. She's been pushing it for a month now that she just has to have it. And she called me last week saying, "My 
iPhone's broke. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, this is she's this is part of her plan, right? Mm-hmm. But it really is broke. After she updated it, it won't work. I mean, and she's coming to you to buy her new iPhone. <laughs> I love that strategy. That's a great strategy. But they got us by the balls, man. It's like we've got to have it. Dude, yeah, that's the do. problem. That's the problem with the the hardware versus software dilemma, right? Like, I mean, right. you think about Tesla. So Tesla's going to get into that same boat where if you want self-driving, you're going to have to upgrade to the new hardware, no matter what you do with your software. And then you're a prisoner then, for and, life. And then you're yep. going to have to upgrade it every three years. You're going to have to get a new car. So then you're going to have to lease the car from them. So then now you're paying interest rate. Like they're going to own us because we're going to want all this technology. And Did it's you a see hardware Tesla's problem. new truck, the semi looks, truck? Looks amazing, bro. That, that to me seems like that could make a huge difference in the world, right? The truck? I mean, they're flying idiots in outer space. I don't give a shit about that. But that truck? You're talking about semi trucks that are driving endlessly cross country trips. Yeah. No jackknifing. I mean, it says he said there's no way that it'll jackknife that because it has, four, en- it has four engines throughout the truck, and then you sit in the middle and you have like the two screens there, and it's pretty amazing. And it's also going to help traffic, I think, too, because they can go zero to sixty in twenty seconds with an eighty thousand pound load, I'm or eight, uh, yeah, eighty thousand pound load on it, which means that once it's coming on the entrance ramp, it's going to be up and going when it gets on the highway. It doesn't have to slow people down in that right lane. I think it does save lives. Well, we could use that here in Atlanta. We could. We could. All right. What do you got, Morgan? All right. Last month, former NBA commissioner David Stern spoke out about the idea of legalizing marijuana for players both medically and recreationally. So this is actually a complete 180 of how he used to feel about the issue when he was the commissioner. What do you guys what do you guys think about this? Knowledge is power. He's learned more about the benefits of it. So I'm not gonna be super contrarian here, but it feels like there's so many proponents of it and there's so many benefits uh, to medical marijuana. I just don't understand what what's taking so long. Why is it still on the ban list for a sports league? There's so many uses for it. I, I think that that goes back to the whole issue though, is is uh, is do you think that the people that are against having medical marijuana or having marijuana legalized know or have the right know all of the benefits of marijuana i do not at all whatsoever i I think it's an i think it's taboo is the right word i'm looking for right they don't know they don't want to know and it's a hard line for them yeah i think it's been stigmatized over the years right right like marijuana is like you you roll a joint you smoke a joint and you get high and you eat like that's what the stigma is on it and that but that but there's like what they were talking about in some of these articles that we were reading on on this topic was you know the ointment and the pills and the ability of taking it and not having like those high side effects but actually bettering your knee bettering your back bettering your eyesight everything of that nature and i think that it needs to be an educational campaign around it as well but you know i thought that this this kind of topic led to something different because david stern was coming out and saying that there's a lot of benefit from uh from sport like the nba working with the players association to push along this really big topic of marijuana and legalizing it or making it you know, not forbidden in the NBA, and it could help with the. And it was kind of saying to like the larger issue of it. Um, what do you think? I mean, what do you think is the like? Do sports should sports play that role? Should sports play the role of of helping push these larger issues that are going on in the world these days? Yeah, that's a double edged sword for me. Um, I mean, if you if you've got a platform like that where you have that attention and you're going to do good with it, it's just that good is subjective to different people. You know, I I would love. I mean, if you're going to change the world for the better, I would love for you to use that platform appropriately and responsibly. Um, but at the same time, you know, when when players do something dumb, I always say to myself, we hold them to, you know, we hold them to too high of a standard. Like they're just athletes, they're just people. Yeah. What makes them better than us? Why are they? Why are they an ethical role model for our, us and our kids? Like they, they shouldn't be. So you know what I mean. I, like I said, 
I mean, like J.J. Watt, for an example, awesome guy. Love everything mm-hmm. he does. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, then there's there's idiots who get busted for stupid shit. And it's like, what do, you know, you always hear people say, what am I supposed to tell my kid? They love that. They have their, they have that guy's jersey. It's like, well, they're just an athlete. They're just a person. Right. Nobody I, said they're the moral, the moral compass you should live by. Yeah, and I, I mean, because it, because it led me to start thinking, like, should should we take the views of these athletes uh, on a on a higher level um, than like the media on some of these issues? Like, are they more unbiased than than the media is, or is it just another organization that's on an elevated platform relative to the everyday human that's able to really push their views harder because people follow them and love them, and so then like they're going to start believing them. Like which way is it? I, I and, and and that's what I struggle with from that standpoint because I, I kind of think the same way. Right. So in one of the articles that was talking about uh, legalizing or the possibility of getting marijuana off the uh, the banned substance list in the NBA, Al Harrington, who played 17 years in the NBA, super well spoken. He invested over three million dollars into uh, this marijuana company and they this cannabis company, and uh, he was talking about all the benefits and all the things they can do. And he ultimately sat down with David Stern and convinced him that uh, you know they should be lifted from the ban list. But that's a perfect example of knowledge being power. I mean, Al Harrington is literally out there being promote, uh, a proponent, educating people on the benefits of it, the healing properties of cannabis. And I, I just think like that's a great example of somebody using their influence to enlighten people. Yeah, and I guess the, just to take like the real devil's advocate side, I don't believe this, but like, the, the problem is, is that there is so much ease of information and knowledge in trying to figure out what knowledge is what information is correct and deciphering through that, like that becomes difficult because there's so much shit out there that people read and believe in Fake and, news. It, and it doesn't, and it's not even freaking even close to being right. Um, That's a whole different argument. But I, but I mean that, 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 but that gets back to knowledge is power. So then like, who do you believe? Do you believe Al? Like, how do you know you're supposed to believe Al Harrington uh, over this other person that's really in the medical field that's saying that they shouldn't legalize it, right? right? Yeah. It, it becomes, it's a, it's, it's, this is the challenge in terms of humans across their whole lives is that, and, it's, and we see it in the financial world all the time, is that you give them the information, but they still have to comprehend how it works throughout everything, and, and our brains don't necessarily work that well, right? So having all these other financial apps and everything of that nature is great, but then you have to really bring it all together and help it understand what it means to you and what the decision in this one app means to the decisions over in this other app, and people aren't really good at that. It's a challenge that they have. Two questions. Would you like to see it legalized everywhere? Yes. And when do you think that'll happen? Uh, in the next five years. Across the board? Yes. I hope you're right. I think so. Uh, because, I mean, once it starts gaining steam and gaining people following it, I think, and it's talked about all the time, uh, I think it's just a matter of time. So, I mean, Georgia, for instance, just the city limits of Atlanta, the, the, the Bible Belt, has now said that they've less than an ounce, but but that's still but that's still taking a step in that direction that you would never even think that would happen in the Bible Belt, and it's already happened uh, down here. I so. think they need to look at it in terms of what's already legal. That you know, like the op- the opioid epidemic or the harmful effects that alcohol can have. I mean, I d- I don't think it compares to either one of those two. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, all right. So, uh, do we have anything else, Morgan? Do you have anything else on those? Do yep. we have anything else on the rundown? Nope, that's all. All right, let me see what I got for dear Jeff. Love letters to Jeff. Love letters Please, Jeff, to come Jeff. Um, let me, let me, I want to make sure I read this. So, play the cue the music. Uh, dear Jeff, this week I wanted to introduce you to something really special here in Atlanta. And I know you may have had some experience to hit to it in Washington, but it's likely limited as you really only have six chances across the state 
to be exposed to one of Atlanta's prideful entities. And not, on, not only is uh, what they create amazing, but they also have a knack for innovation, which I know you can appreciate. It's something simple, but done right. Just like what you started at Amazon, something simple, but done extremely right. I wanted to introduce you to, or reintroduce you to, Chick-fil-A. It's the pride of the state. Whether it's chicken biscuits Saturday morning while tailgating, or a sweet tea and chicken sandwich for lunch, one thing is for sure, you and your future employees and people visiting HQ2 will be very appreciative for the delightful opportunity to enjoy the best in the biz, Chick-fil-A. More importantly, they are innovative. Have you, have you seen those cows, Jeff? I mean, what a marketing plan to have cows talk about eating more chicken absolutely hilarious and it has been one of the most innovating marketing efforts to date so go from one land of innovation to another it's in our blood and do all of your employees and vendors that visit a favor give them the opportunity to enjoy chick-fil-a all the time trust me it'll be worth it jeff welcome to atlanta another one Home you runs. like chick-fil-a you like Chick-fil-A. Who doesn't love Chick-fil-A? And right as my iPad died, right as I was reading the no letter, way. I, had to, I had to improvise on the end. I had to improvise at the end. Are you a big Chick-fil-A? Do they have Chick-fil-A? Love Chick-fil-A. Love Chick-fil-A? They have it in Ohio, but not on every corner here right. like they do here. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. All right. Well, that's another episode. Thanks for joining us. Peace. Peace.